This is the Ruck Infringement Podcast with Joey Alchin. Legends, welcome back to another episode of the Ruck Infringement Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joey, and this week's special guest for our Ruck Infringement interview is the one and only Ben Cross. Crossy, how are you, mate? Hey, Joey, how are you, mate? I am good. It is our privilege to have you on today. Let's get straight into it. Now, for those that don't know you, do you want to introduce yourself and who you played for? Yeah, mate. Uh, as I said, Ben Cross uh, started way back at the Canberra Raiders in 2003. Uh, three years at the Raiders. Then went down to Melbourne Storm, uh, 607. Um, two grand finals there and a premiership. And then moved up to Newcastle. Um, were there for three years. Um, good bit of time there at Newcastle. Was lucky enough to play Origin while at Newcastle. Then moved over to England and had a bit of time at uh, Leeds, Wigan and uh, Witness Vikings and then retired and moved back to Australia and been in a bit of coaching and a little bit of bits and pieces of other stuff along the way. Yeah, lovely, lovely. No, it's been a very decorated career. Mate, the next question I got for you, who was the funniest teammate that you played with? Yeah, mate. Uh, I, look, Ryan Hoffman had his quirks. He was Funny teammate in different aspects. Um, out and out funny. Um, Smitty, Cameron Smith was pretty funny. Um, okay. Yeah, pretty dry humour and yeah. real sarcastic. Uh, sarcasm you can use at time. And Matty Guy was always funny, but probably the funniest one and probably goes to be the strangest cat that I ever played with too was Adam McDougal. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a lot of time for Adam. Really good bloke, really smart, very articulate, but um, there's, a, there's a different side of him as well. He's He's got some weird and wonderful stories. There's a story of him once telling me that um, he snuck, um, smuggled a um, barbecue chook in his bag on the flight to New Zealand because he didn't like the <laughs> the food on the flight. So he <laughs> took a took a barbecue chook in his bag, mate. But um, yeah, he's probably up there with the uh, the funniest at times and come out to training in barefoot, rock up late. <laughs> Yeah, no real care in the world with old dudes at times, but he had always had a good story as well. Uh, Mr. Manshake, eh? he's funny. What a funny man. Uh, the next question, as you mentioned just before, the strangest teammate you played with, but I more want to put it, did any teammates that you played with have any strange rituals or superstitions? Oh, can't remember too much. You were focused on yourself a bit. I think uh, there was always a few guys that always put on Left sock first and right oh, sock yeah. second. Uh, yeah. Some can't remember who, but someone used to put his left sock on, then left boot, then right <laughs> sock and right boot. But uh, I know I just remember saying I just can't remember who. Um, no, there's there's not a lot of too too weird type of things. Hey, Dallas yeah. Johnson always used to have spaghetti bolognese before every meal, little rituals <laughs> like that. And other guys used to always go to the same sort of coffee shop on game day, little things like that, but nothing too out there throughout my career, yeah. too, many, too many weirdos. Um, Garrett Crossman was a bit of a quirky bloke, but uh, really articulate, deep thinker. Um, old Penrith front rower and uh, Melbourne Storm and I think a bit of South and overseas. So, yeah, he was a bit of a different cat, but um, a really good guy as well. Yeah, lovely. Mate, what was the toughest game you played in? Uh, yeah, maybe. Well, Origin was always tough. Yeah. Um, you just knew that because the, the level of quality of players out there, the physicality and the speed of the game. Of course. Um, it was probably 
one of the toughest games we played was at Melbourne Storm against New Zealand Warriors, and we were playing over there, and a lot of young guys made their debuts, Sikamana, I think Sam Tagitisi, and we were decimated with um, Origin players out at that time, and um, we were over there against a stacked, um, stacked New Zealand Warriors team in 2007, and um, I think we won we won the game 4-2. Wow. Jeremy Smith crashed over for, for a try from dummy half, and uh, that was probably the toughest game, but it was a really, really enjoyable game as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't see those sort of score lines anymore. That's that's uh, that's great. Mate, now we go from the toughest game, we go to your favourite game. What was your favourite game you played in? Yeah, well, Grand Finals were always, always good. Um, yeah. I had a country origin game. Uh, my second country origin game was was a lot of fun. We played at uh, Wynn Stadium. It yeah. ended up being a draw, 22 all, and um, Todd Carney had a a shot at field goal from about 40 out. Suddenly just picked it up and just pushed it wide left for the, uh, the, the post. That was always an, that was an enjoyable game that the four, two game against the Warriors yeah. as tough and as hard as it was, that was a really enjoyable game. Yeah. Uh, it was just a slug fest, the whole, the whole game. And mate, any, any time we had uh, a Melbourne storm games against Brisbane, they were always really enjoyable. They always had a good, good rivalry. Um, and most of our Newcastle games against Manly were always fun. They always had yeah. a bit of a rivalry there as well. And I don't know, you just you you inherit the um, rivalry from past years, and it just sort of keeps on living on with the next generation. And, and those games are really good as well. Yeah, no, I love that, mate. Yeah, you you always see players they they tend to turn up more for those rivalry games. So now that's that's great, mate. The next one I got is what is Origin like now? Us uh, mere mortals, we can only dream of of uh, being out there. But you've been out there on the big stage. What's it like? Um, just everything's a lot more heightened. Um, yeah. Your attention to detail to your individual game goes up because you know you look you look around you with the best players in the world um, yeah. on the one field at any one time. Like, um, and you just you just get dragged along with it. You really do. It is a sink or swim environment. Um, you find another gear at times. Your lungs are burning. Your head's sort of thumping. You, but you just just find a way to do it. Um, but you probably get that off the back of your good, consistent performances week in, week out. The NRL. Um, so once you get to that level, you're you're fairly accommodating of yourself to play that level of footy. Um, but it's just the margin for error is so small. The quality yeah. of the opponent, the execution of every skill, the ferocity of every tackle. Um, you you finish the game absolutely battered and bruised and can't move for a week. and It's just unbelievable. The players can get back up and play two or three days later and have another game. So, yeah, it's just the, the attention detail and the high intensity of it. Just, there's, there's, no, there's no relentless in the 80 minutes of the game. Um, and it's just great to be a part of. And were you a were you a nervy sort of guy? Like on your debut in Origin, were you nervous? Yeah, I was. I was named to start, and I ended up coming off the bench. Um, yeah. And then in the second game, I was named on the bench, and then ended up starting. Um, <laughs> it didn't really bother me. I was just more always concerned that I'd do a good job for the team. Yeah. Not overly nervous about the opposition or what they were going to do or who. That, that was just uncontrollable. I was just always focus about what I could do for the team, what I was yeah. going to do for the team was going to be good enough. Um, and that's probably where inherited my nerves for the game leading into it. I was always confident in my ability 
she always just sort of, you know, okay, am I going to do this well for the team today? Um, am I going to make sure I get my good carries, get my quick play of the balls, and I'm going to defend well through the middle? It was just probably that was one of my concerns about my own game all the time and, and just focusing on that. Not so much overawed by the um, occasion. Um, I heard a good quote from a coach earlier in the career, just play the game, not the occasion. So that sort of stayed with me for a long time. Yeah, no, that's great. Now, mate, the next question I got, did you have a footy nickname? Yeah, had a couple. Um, Boltsy uh, was at Newcastle, I think. There's a little bit of... Uh, the uh, Frankenstein with the bolts and the neck type of thing. And uh, Donk from um, Crocodile Dundee was from Matt Guy. Yeah. Um, he said, I've always got a donk. And um, all day down at Canberra is that all day. Just um, uh, just tried to make sure that my runs at the end of the game is the start, as good as the runs at the start of the game. And I don't nice. know if I want to be Josh, but nicknamed me all day because I just ran all day. So, yeah, a couple of little nicknames along the way. Yeah, yeah, some good ones there. And next question, mate, who was your footy idol? Yeah, um, go back in the old Chief. Like I love Chief, Locker yeah. Roach, uh, yeah. Paul Siren, that type of era of blokes. Um, I, I was a bit of a Balmain fan growing up, so I loved Wayne Pierce, Locker, Paul Siren, and then just sort of probably just – the look of the guy, um, mm. similar sort of look with with Paul Harrigan. I tried to model Definitely. my game around his, um, end up getting to meet the great man and um, later down the track in the days at Newcastle. And um, yeah, just tried to sort of model my game on his coming through. So those those four guys were sort of um, my idols. And then I got to play with one and become my idol with Ruben Wiki at Camperator. Wow. So that was just playing alongside him, mate. It was uh, playing with you. you a living legend. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, that would have been special. I met uh, the Chief as well. I did a bit of work for NIB uh, about oh, 10 years ago or so, and, yeah, met the Chief there. But lovely guy and some great idols there. Now, if you could change one rule in the NRL, what would it be? Yeah, I'm probably not overly a massive fan of the um, seven again, uh, set, yeah. seven tackle set after yeah. kicking the ball dead. Um, you probably look at changing where the ball goes dead because look, you're attacking the try line and you're putting in a good little attacking kick and the, the ball goes dead uh, by half a metre. It's not an intentional kicking the ball dead to stop a good kick returning team. So it's probably something they can look at there. Um, I reckon they've got it right going back to a a full penalty in your half for an infringement, it's not at six again. Yeah. Um, I think they probably rushed that that rule in probably a little bit too fast. That six again rule, especially with the COVID period there when they brought it in 2020. But, um, and I, I always didn't mind the two referees on the field. I thought yeah. you got a little bit more clarity around the the ruck um, and what the referee was looking for. Now you probably sit there sometimes and you see a six again penalty. And even as a player and a current coach, you don't even know what it's for. Yeah. It's just a ruck yeah. infringement. Then it was back in the day, would it warrant a proper full penalty. Would he put his whistle to the mouth and blow it? Or was it just because he has that up his sleeve? It was just a, a small incident that really no one knows in the game and didn't yeah. really impact the game too much, but they've just got the ability to better throw the hand up and go six again. So, um, yeah, and that can sort of be seen sometimes maybe squaring up the ledger sometimes across the game. Like, you look at nearly all games, mate, penalties start to come out the wash. They all 
50-50 by the end of the game. So, yeah, uh, yeah, but definitely the 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 seven tackle rule on a kick dead. I reckon they probably look at where the kicks probably come from. Um, if it was inside the opposition attacking thirty, well then maybe not a six again. But that's just subject to you know, people's interpretation, I guess. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, we haven't had that one. So that's that's really good. Uh, mate, take us through what life was like after footy. And are you still involved in the game? Yeah, life after footy. Um, we were living in uh, Wigan at the time, playing at Witness Vikings. Moved back to Newcastle where we kept our place and sort of set up a family life there. And um, Came back in and went back into a bit of personal training and footy yeah, coaching. Nice. Uh, no, nothing professional footy coaching initially. I was just uh, assistant coach with Newcastle Knights New South Wales Cup team for a couple of yeah. years. Uh, we're working as a, a bit of a scaffolder and personal training business. Um, and then that sort of grew and grew. Um, then rugby league coaching at Hunter Sports High there for five years, being part of their program. Um, and then sort of stepped away from Newcastle Knights. We had a um, our third child and want to spend a bit more time with family. So I was coaching locally with uh, South Newcastle Lions um, while still doing personal training business. And then 2018 sort of progressed into the professional ranks with an opportunity at uh, the Broncos, um, 2019 and 20. Uh, but unfortunately in 2020 with the COVID, it got made redundant, sort of then uh, moved out of uh, professional coaching for a little bit. But um, 2021, uh, P&G Hunters, well, with Matthew Church, while well, they were located at uh, Gold Coast permanently. And then now I'm the head of football and head coach at the uh, Ipswich Jets and the uh, Host yeah, Plus lovely. Cup Club. I've been that for the last two years and here for another few more years as well. So um, always wanted to get into coaching. Um, was doing coaching over in England with a local club over there, Wiggins and Pats, who have had a number of players going to play professionally. So yeah. that was always a career path that I was pursuing, um, making sure I was educated as much as possible with leadership and, and coaching qualifications and, and just personal growth the whole way along because it, it was just a real passion of mine um, uh, in the coaching to sort of help other players to get what I got from really good coaches as well. Yeah, lovely, mate. No, that's awesome. Uh, congratulations as well. Uh, you, you're doing a great job up there in uh, in Queensland. Mate, the next question we got, rugby league is growing and growing every year. Is there anywhere we could improve to make the game even better? Yeah, I, I think the game's got to look at where they drive their players from. Um, and being at the grassroots level, although at Queensland Cup, I'm, as head of football, I'm quite involved in local rugby league. Yep. Um, and the resources that aren't getting to that level. Um, the Sun's playing local footy here in Brisbane as well. I just don't see an advancement of grassroots rugby league. We see a few competitions amalgamating because there's lack of numbers. Uh, we're in the area, um, Springfield, where AFL's trying to get in quite heavily um, in the Ipswich area. Are the NRL doing enough proactive to be in that area? Um, I hear horror stories all the time about less and less funding for for local clubs where there's a, a model that the NRL could sort of look at with all these millions of dollars that seem to be profiting every year and spruiking about that um, the grassroots rugby league is where they're going to drive their players from. If they want to expand the team, the competition in the NRL to, I think, at least 20 teams and maybe the next five, six, seven years, we need that talent coming through and we need these small little clubs that are 
looked after by volunteers and mums and dads to have the funding come through. So they need to look at where where the tree is going to grow from. That's the roots. So it's probably they can put a bit more time and effort into that. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Completely agree with you. All right, let's get an early prediction. Now, which team outside the top eight in 2023 will improve in 2024? Yeah, I reckon the Dolphins will. I think they've nice. picked up uh, two great acquisitions and Tom Flegler and Herbie Farnworth. Um, yep. Broncos are going to miss those two guys. I think... Um, they recruited really well initially for their first year. I think they've got that good mix of um, mature players with the Bromwich brothers there with the leadership mm. qualities they bring it from Melbourne Storm. I think a young Flegler and Herbie Farmer coming, there's only going to strengthen the side. Um, and with Wayne, I mean, his Midas touch now having two years with those guys yeah. um, and being an established club now that they know what's expected of them. Some of those other players have built another year that they've grown a connection. Um You'd like to hope, think, and I do personally for Cameron Serrato's sake. He's a good mm-hmm. mate of mine. That they they improve. Um, uh, they've done a fair bit of recruitment there as well. And again, it's Cameron's was Cameron's second year going in as well. So um, he's going to have a bit more of a better understanding of what's required there, and those players are going to have a bit better understanding of what Cameron expects of them. Um, so hopefully, the Bulldogs and 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 Dolphins get in the top eight. I think I, I think they probably will. Yeah, yeah, very nice. I've I've got the dogs up there, definitely. I think the dogs will vastly improve. I mean, they're going to need to sign ten more utilities, and they've got every utility yeah. in the comp, But <laughs> but, but yeah. apart from that, I I think they'll um yeah, I think they'll vastly improve. And the dolphins, as you said, I mean, any team coached by Wayne Bennett, you can't write them off. So yeah, I I think they'll be up there and around. But mate, that's all we got time for on the interview today. I want to thank you for your time and. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, if you're listening now, don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, rate, and check us out on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, X, Threads, LinkedIn for the professional as well. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen, really. And that's Ben. I'm Joey. Be good. <laughs>